1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we get set to return to domestic football after the international break. Rangers go to Hearts tomorrow with Giovanni Van Bronckhurst confirming John Suter will be out until after the World Cup. Ange Postacoglu says he won't shy away from making changes to his team again despite defeat to St Mirren last time out. And Stephen Robinson's a frustrated man after a delayed return for one of his international players. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight, you've got Kenny Miller and Marvin Bartley, plenty happening on the pitch tomorrow, Marvin. A good international break, but great to have the domestic stuff back. Yeah, it was a fantastic international break, especially for Scotland. Um, not so much for England, but um, no, looking at the positives, it was brilliant. Obviously saw Ryan Porteous make his debut as well, um, put in a spectacular display in at centre-half. But like you said, it's good to have the domestic stuff back. Um, you know, we travel to St Mirren tomorrow. Who would have thought it's like almost a top of table clash kind of thing, isn't it? Obviously outside of the kind of the big two. So I'm looking forward to that. But no, a lot of good games tomorrow and also on Sunday. Who's he kidding mentioning? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, he, don't get carried away, Marvin. He's top six clash. I was talking about mentioning England. You've been an adopted Scot for a number of years now. Don't forget about that wee team down the road. Um, but Kenny, it, it's nice to have a, a positive international break, but it's very much you know starting to get into the rear view mirror and what a way to come back Hearts Rangers and then five other massive games a full compliment in the top flight tomorrow yeah I mean it's been a brilliant uh, week for Scotland I mean off off the mark against Ukraine at Hamden with a sensational performance convincing win then a no as glamorous performance but equally controlling got the job done having come in to show a bit of character to come from behind against Ireland and then the game on on uh, Tuesday night it was job done you know you needed to come away with a point uh, we got the job done we rode our luck at times but it's done now everything that was talked about has been achieved over that over that six, seven days and now we can look forward to the, the domestic scene coming back and again I think everybody misses it when it's these international breaks yeah you love supporting the country and getting right behind them but everybody will be looking at half past 12 tomorrow for, for Hearts Rangers 0141-951-1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB Kenny Miller 69 Scotland Caps Marvin McBartley adopted <laughs> Scott yes we're happy about the international break but surely all eyes starting at Tynecastle tomorrow and then looking ahead to a fantastic return of domestic football the managers have been speaking today as well Rangers fans Giovanni Van Bronckhurst has been updating you on the injury list particularly in defence, what do you make of that? How disappointed are you to hear John Suter will be out until after the World Cup? And no, no jokes about which World Cup. Come on, I've seen them on Twitter all afternoon. A uh, huge game though. I mean, still selection issues, I guess, for Rangers. Who leads the line? Because you go to Tynecastle, then there's Liverpool during the week. Is it Morelos or Cholak tomorrow uh, with a view to midweek? Are, are we already back to the goalkeeping situation? We've done that nearly every week. Uh, but I feel like these games are so big that you'll have uh, something to argue about. Certainly Celtic fans, Ange Postacoglu talking about learning lessons from the St Mirren game. Uh, get all your thoughts in right now, please. 0141 951 1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. It's a great card to, to welcome it back, Marvin, because Hearts Rangers is always a sort of standout fixture anyway. You look at some of the criticism Rangers were getting before the break. Who would have thought Celtic would go into the break on, on the back of a defeat as well? So 
um, everyone's just been left to mull it over for two weeks and now we're back most definitely and like you said it's a, it's a massive game tomorrow for Rangers um, you know, I felt some of the criticism was, was probably harsh um, you know, I think obviously they lost to Celtic domestically had a tough night in Europe but they're playing in the Champions League as I said before you know, that's the top tier of football and I just felt you know, a few people overreacted to kind of the results you know, I get that they you know, want Rangers to win every single game the players are the same uh, the manager's the same but sometimes you have to look at it and say do you know what teams like Napoli uh, they're going to beat you I think going tomorrow's game, it's uh, it's massive for them, but I think they can definitely win. You know, Hearts are, are a good team, but Rangers have top top players. Yes, they've had a couple of off nights and whatever else, but you know, I think Gio will look at tomorrow's game and then you look forward to the Liverpool game. I don't think you'd be thinking about resting players for the Liverpool game tomorrow because it's too tight in the league. Massive game that, isn't it, Kenny? Because in in one ninety minutes, depending the outcome, if Rangers go on and win, look at that league table; they'll be top. Pressure goes on Celtic. It will feel like the the sort of sticky performances before the break for a long, long time ago. Should Rangers not win, the reaction on here will be furious. The Dundee United victory, that was just papering over the cracks and we get away with one because Celtic dropped points against St Mirren and now we go to play Liverpool on the back of this. It's, it's going to be an absolute cracker in the capital. It will be, and you know, and I've, I've actually loved the way Robbie Nielsen's attacked uh, the media this week in, in relation to what his team are looking to do. I mean, Rangers will be looking to win to go top. Hearts are talking about jumping. The Rangers into second spot. Yeah, absolutely. So there's it's uh it's fighting top for all to be honest with you, but there's no way going away at his home ground with the fans will be turning up expecting that he's just going to kind of roll over and, and allow Rangers to come through and take the three points and there'll be a so it always is a good a good game. It's a tough place to go. Again, it's a cliche. But Hearts are a very, very good team, you know, and they're going to make it tough for Rangers because the the, the criticism may be harsh. The reality is that the performances out with the Celtic game, the two European games, have not been up to a standard for Rangers this year. They've not reached the levels that that, that team's capable of. And that's why those three results, the Celtic game and the two Champions League games, heavy defeats that they were, also it's coming off some not so good performances against the lesser teams in the league as well. So it's a big, big test tomorrow for Giovanni. Like you said, a lot of selection problems. Who leads the line? Who potentially partners Conor Goldson? Does Leon King hold his spot hold his spot as well? So there's a lot of things surrounding it, a lot of issues that are surrounding the game tomorrow. And then they've got a small task of going to Anfield on Tuesday night. Yeah, easy as that. Right, come on then answer the man. Who plays in goal for Rangers? Who plays up front for Rangers? Who partners Conor Goldson for Rangers tomorrow? These are just some of the decisions Giovanni Van Bronckhurst is facing. Why not give him some answers Give him some helpful hints As you always do 0141 951 1025 Right now please uh, It certainly won't be John Souter Because he will be out Until after the World Cup And uh, the manager says He's got sympathy But he is pain free For the first time in months Well I've, I have a lot of sympathy For uh, for John um, I mean he's a uh... He has uh, problems, you know, we had before. Uh, still, he uh, uh, he brought uh, the problem with him when he uh, when he changed teams, and uh, we need to, we needed to uh, to operate him again. Uh, so he feels much better now. You know, it's always difficult to uh, to play with pain. So uh, you know, this first time in, in in many months that he's pain free now, and he can do, do his rehab. So. Hopefully that's the end of uh, of all the um, uh, the difficult times he has, and bring him back to full fitness and uh, get him get him going. It's a real difficult one. Your sympathy obviously goes to John Souter first and foremost. Can't be easy for him. He's had all these injury problems. Then from the Rangers fans' perspective, everybody said the same thing when he signed. 
If he can stay fit Blah 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 And then the rest of the sentence follows The if has Been doing a lot of heavy lifting So far That is And it's <clears throat> It is a shame I mean It's the first time I've actually heard Really address uh, The situation And go into a little bit of detail Albeit still A little bit vague In relation to when he'll be back Actually what the What the problem was But it's, it's a shame for John Because he's moved to a big club There was a lot of questions Surrounding Firstly Obviously fitness It's the obvious one With the injuries that he had but there was a lot of chat last season as well about all the like the character of the player showing it. He's fought back for these injuries. He's got back into the international team again. It's a it was an obvious signing for Rangers uh, in, in relation to the who's right on our doorstep. Who do, who needs to be signed for Rangers to partner Connor Goldson and replace Balogun, replace Bassey. So it's a shame for him. Yep, Rangers fans will, will be disappointed because there is a lot of uncertainty surrounding. Not just John Souter in that that position, you've got Davis as well. He's, he's not really been seen in a Rangers jersey for one reason or another. So there is uh, these question marks are always going to be there. The, the one thing is, you just wish John gets back to some kind of level of fitness quickly uh, because he'll be eager to get pull on that Rangers jersey and start to make an impact at the club. Absolutely. For games of this size, there are often debates about who should play Rangers fans at the back, who partners Connor Goldson, who's in goal. Is it Morelos or Cholak? Anything that you think ahead of tomorrow's game, please. Get in touch Scott's in East Kilbride First up What are you thinking about tomorrow Scott What what jumps out at you As being the You know the biggest Selection headache Good evening guys um, uh, Selection head- headache Is always the, the same Isn't it Who plays up top um, Personally for me I'd stick with Cholak I don't think you can Drop the guy down now um, but I, I would like to hear Kenny's opinion To be honest um, I listen to a lot of Rangers podcasters um, these days, and it's it's a classic. It's Rangers does, you know, a lot of the time, and they keep going back to the classic four four twos, you know, back in the day. But obviously, FIP has changed. Um, personally, I wouldn't play the two of them together. Um, they're telling me when they lost, keep dropping them into a ten. But with the way Rangers play, the wing backs bombing up, you've got the wide men. If you have Gimrelos in there too with Cholak, you've, you've instantly lost that midfield battle. Um, and for there, once you do that, you're, you're, you're struggling. Just like Kenny's thoughts on that. Yeah, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll play together, Scott. That's that's pretty clear for me for a number of reasons. I mean, Giovanni's kind of set his, his stall out pretty much the way he plays. Even when he went the, the kind of back three, back five, if you want to call it that, it was still never really two recognised strikers within that team either. Which that is a formation that you could get two strikers in it but it was never going to happen we've probably not seen it unless Kamar Roos played under Steven Gerrard a couple of times but Giovanni's not done that and he likes his 4-3-3 his 4-2-3-1 and in that system is what is one recognised nine and I think that'll be the way it is the, the, the positive on it is you've got two really really good players that are going to be fighting for that jersey and hopefully pushing each other on and driving each other to be better but Morelos is not going to play as a 10 he's not going to play and it's don't, I don't mean this in the wrong he's not going to play second fiddle to somebody if you know he's the number 9 he's a focal point and he can he can run a back line on his own so I don't I don't see him playing that role uh, in a partnership yes there was a lot made of his game last year maybe coming off too much at the start of the season maybe not being in the right positions in the box to score the goals that he had been scoring previously but I think he is of the focal point of the team I can't see him playing in a, in a more withdrawn role and if he did do that you do you're right you lose a player in the midfield area if you're if you're going to do that so I just can't see it happening but like I say there is positives to it as well two top players that are fighting for the number 9 jersey See Marvin I know what you're thinking Scott's come on here and directed his question at Kenny because he's an ex-Rangers player but actually I think it's because you never spent any time in the opposition <laughs> penalty box <laughs> did so, a couple of times so it was more it was more along that area of expertise um, Scott thinks 
you know, Cholak tomorrow, and this is where we can do what managers say they won't do. You know, this sort of one game at a time, fine. Yeah. Alfredo Morelos started against Napoli, which was that was a huge game, and, and he was given the nod. Then he didn't play at all against Dundee United, a game in which Cholak scored twice. As far as league games go, away at the Tynecastle is about as big as they come. And then there is the Champions League. So what happens tomorrow? And it, does that impact Tuesday? Yeah, I think Charlak, I agree with Kenny. I think he leads the line. Um, I think it's very, very difficult to drop somebody off they scored two goals, you know, when you are a centre forward. Um, but again, you know, you're looking forward to the, the Liverpool game. It all depends what happens tomorrow. You know, you've got two top strikers there as well. But again, playing them together, you can't do it. Four four two for me is kind of outdated in the modern game, especially away at Tynecastle. You know, get overrun in the middle. It doesn't make any sense to go away from your kind of your philosophy just because you've got, you know, two strikers who both believe they should be starting. But I think Sherlock starts tomorrow. I think if he performs, again, he should keep the jersey for the game at Liverpool. I think that's the way football should work. No matter who you are, if you've got the jersey and you play well, you should keep it. Mm. I mean, Scott, news at the back today. John Souter not fit till after the World Cup. Philippe Hollander. You know, do we now... Do we start to see Ben Davies? What's the situation there? Is it Leon King? Is it James Sands? What, what do you think? Oh, it's a blow. It's a blow missing a guy like Sir Hughes last season. He was, he was brilliant for Hearts, best player possibly with Gordon. Um, <clears throat> tomorrow, I would like to see Davis start. <clears throat> sorry, Davis start and um, get some game time, um, even an hour or so, you know, and then get him in for Liverpool. If he doesn't start tomorrow, obviously he's no chance against Liverpool, and I'll be back to Sands. And to be honest, if it is Sands tomorrow and um, midweek, I wouldn't have a problem. Problem with um, he's no he's not a centre half I know that but he's come in done a job um, I have not a problem with that. I'd like to see Sands get a chance in the middle of the park mind you you know start rotating Lundstrom and uh, Sands when we uh, we can get that chance because Lundstrom's looked a wee bit leggy at times I don't know if he's carrying a knock as well it's just not been mentioned he's, he's, maybe he's not as sharp as he did last season uh, Lundstrom so um, I think there's issues in a, a few um, areas for Rangers just now but I think I actually looked uh, ahead of the fixtures in October it's you know it's, it's not too bad I know we've got um, we've got Lovey at home as well so that'll be an easy game for <laughs> 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 well, I was just wait- I-, I was wondering if it was like one of them no, I knew he had them you- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, was- I thought he was just going to leave it as if it wasn't you know just as if it wasn't a joke maybe it's not a joke to be fair <laughs> I don't know if he was aiming that at you or not thank you to <laughs> Uh, Scott and East Kilbride We've got me confused here We've got a couple of Scots on the line This one That was East Kilbride We're going on to Scott and Govan uh, What's your point for the guys tonight Scott? Uh, hi guys Hope you're well Thank you um, My point's to Kenny um, After hearing about um, John Suter And I'm not having a go at John Suter here I'm having a go at Rangers here um, Why do we keep signing players That's carrying injuries? Um, Suter, Davis The boy that came when he's got a heart condition, which we don't know anything about, why do these players keep coming through? Is it something to do with Rangers not doing their job right? Or are they just, I don't know, I'm asking Kenny, how, how do they always slip through? Kenny? You know, I I think in, in John Suter's case, I mean, I'm not going to talk about other ones, uh, but but John Suter, like, his injury problems are there for all to see. But when he's played, he's looked a very, very good player. He's made it into the international scene. Again, the previous caller thought he might have been Hearts' best player alongside Craig Gordon last year. I think when he plays, there's there's definitely a case for that. But you can't get away from the the injury issues. And when Giovanni's just talked there, and it's the first time I've heard that he's, he's came here with that injury. 
Uh, so yeah, that was interesting. It was very um, interesting. But what, what, what does that mean? Because he wasn't injured as such, because he played, played. he played in the Scottish Cup final against yep. Rangers, was excellent. In the summer, he then played twice for Scotland. They came back, played the first. So what if, a, if it was something he came with, at what what point does a medical flag that up, or, or does it not... I think I think the medical flags up big issues, uh, and if he's had an ongoing problem, it might have been a minor problem. It's one of these injuries potentially that he could have got over and he could play through. Hence, he started the season, he finished the season as well with international games and a cup final, and then he started to be available for for the first games of this season. It's clearly been a problem. He's not mm. been able to get over, and there's had to be another operation on whatever part of the body it is. Because again, we've not is it Achilles, his ankle. Again, I'm not too sure. So, but I understand the frustrations with, with, with the fans because when you're signing players and there is constantly players that are injured that have just came to the club mm-hmm. and not available, it doesn't look good. Particularly when the team's not playing yeah. the way everybody wants them to be playing. But in relation to John, I think he's he signed a pre-contract, you know, so he's still got five months to play before he actually comes in uh, through the doors mm. at Murray Park. So there could have been issues that are picked up there, knowing John's injury record. So yeah, well, it's, he, it's, missed, he did miss two months just before the cup and final. he's fighting back to get back remember. for a number yeah. of players were to get back for that final. But And John was one of them. So clearly, for me, it looks like there's been an issue that he felt, you know what, it's a cup final, I need to try and play for the mm. cup final. And when coming through pre-season at Rangers, it's still been an ongoing issue. And he's just not got over it. And now we're probably not going to see him till Christmas time. So it is frustrating. But like I say, it's, it'll be more frustrating for John, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think that's important. He's had a really tough time. And you know, that must be really difficult. But Scott, as a Rangers fan, Marvin thinks that it's some sort of slight on the club that, that these things are happening. But I think, you know, as a club, Rangers looked at it. Yes, John Suter, we all know about his injury record before, but I think you look at your own medical department, you think, you know, if we can get him here, if we can do these sorts of things, and can we keep him fit? I think when a player of that quality becomes a free agent, you have to sign him. It's a no-brainer. I don't think there was many people out there who would say he's not good enough if he is fit to play. And like you said, it is a massive if. But if he was fit and he was available for all games this season, John Suter would be playing because he is a top, top player. We saw him do it for Scotland. We saw him do it for times at Hearts last season. It's just unfortunate that he's picked up another injury and these things happen in football. It's part and parcel of it. But mm. do I think it's a bad signing? No. Yes, it was a risk. And unfortunately, at this moment in time, the risk isn't paying off. But as you said, you know, a heart kind of goes out to John Suter because he's the one who's going through this tough time after getting his dream move, by the way. A massive move for him going from you know Hearts to Rangers. Domestically, last season, when he was fit, he's probably one of the best centre-halves in the league. And it's just unfortunate he's not been able to hit the ground running there because of the injuries. What do you think, Scott? No, I get that. And like I said at the start, I'm not having a go at John Suter. I just feel that, uh, well, just get back to John Suter now then. Um, so in hindsight, the player, when he comes and signs for the club, should they not say, well, listen, I'm carrying this injury. Um, don't put me in the first couple of games. I don't know if I'm going to... Because in hindsight, that's him out for, what, three months? Two months, three months? So you just think, is the player going to take a wee bit of responsibility here and look after his future and not think, I've got to get into this first team? But obviously, Scott, I think he felt that he was fit enough to play because, you know, obviously you being a Rangers fan, he played against us first game of the season. You know, injuries can be picked up at any time. You know, it could be in training. I think Scott's, Scott's referencing because of what we just heard from Giovanni Van Bronker saying it was something that he had at his previous club. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it's coming back straight away. It means he could have been fit for a period of time and unfortunately yeah. he's broken back down. You know, these things, it doesn't mean because he had it at his previous club, he's always had it. Thank you, Scott. 01419511025. Good time to call. We'll get you next. You 
are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Kenny Miller are here. It's 0141 There's not much these two don't know about league football. In Scotland And we are back Six games in the Premiership tomorrow Great games down the divisions as well And the international break Is in the memory bank for now Let's bring in Nadim Who's a Rangers fan uh, What are you thinking about tomorrow then Nadim Huge game isn't it? Hi thanks Gordon Fair my call uh, Yeah It's a massive game Especially after the uh, The three games Preceding that Do you know With a kind of heavy defeat So we, I thought we played really well before um, we got placing it off against Napoli but yes it's, it's definitely a big game um, I mean one, the reason I had phone was you asked the question earlier on on the show there Gordon about who, who you'd play in those kind of three positions the, the goalkeeper defence and, and striker for me you've got to play McGregor in goals he's shown he, in, in the game that he came back against Napoli that he's he's, you know, he's, he's still a top top player and I think you've, you've got to play him in uh, in between uh, the sticks in terms of who you play at the back uh, that's one of the big points I had and I'll speak to the producer about that um, I know uh, I think Kenny and Marvin have just touched on it there in terms of you know he, he was a free signing so absolutely it's a no-brainer I 100% agree with that you know you, you take the risk there but you, you know you know it's a risk all his career has been blighted by injury so you know it's, it's gonna, probably going to happen again the risk is quite high so why not sign players to, to complement that I know he's signed Davies but Davies is injured as well so for me the whole signing policy when it comes to to the last couple of transfer windows have been really poor, especially in terms of you're talking about letting Leon Balligan go. For me, he was a he was a really good you know centre half. He was quick. He, he was hardly injured. You know he played he played whenever he was he was called upon, and, and whenever he's called upon, he played well. Why would you let a player like that go when you know you've got a centre half there who's, who's who's prone to injury? And in terms of playing up front, I, I think it's got to be Cholak up front, especially domestically. I think he's absolutely better suited. Domestically, especially with the form that he's on, but certainly away, away to Anfield, away at Anfield uh, during the week, um, I would absolutely play Morelos. I think he's a he's a better complete striker to play in Europe. Yeah, here's the problem. Um, I'm not sure Giovanni Van Bronker specifically cleared up whether John McLaughlin was fit or not today. We're still in the era for some clubs of Zoom press conferences and one question each, and it doesn't you don't sometimes get round all the issues specifically the way. Uh, that you previously did but that's a different story for a different day um, let's I don't know can we assume he's fit I, I don't, I don't. Let, for the hypothetical purposes of this conversation I think clearly we have to if he's come back after the international break he did miss the Scotland squad Alan McGregor played the last two obviously and did good things against Napoli I would, play, to keep... I would play Alan McGregor and go absolutely no doubt about it if John McLaughlin is fit and like you say we're not sure at all if he is or if he isn't then then Giovanni's got a decision you know does he kind of retract the initial decision that he's made and go back on it and think you know what John's not the number one and Alan goes back in and if that happens I think that it's not admitting a mistake but it's going back on a, on a big big decision that he had made at the start of the season that John McLaughlin was going to take over as a number one uh, for me if Alan McGregor plays it would be the right decision up front, the the Cholat Morelos thing, I can just see it happening over the course of this, particularly this month. There's a lot of games uh, this month, big games as well. 
So I, I can see Giovanni spelling both of them. Is Alfredo really up to speed, fully up to speed and ready to play three game weeks or two games in four days? I would have to say no, based on he's, he's just not had the minutes in his legs in the first two months of the season. So I think there will be a, yeah, it might be Cholak tomorrow and it might be Morelos mm. on Tuesday or vice versa. But uh, it's I still think Morelos moving forward is still a better option up front based on what he brings to the team. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, but there's there's good options there. I think I'm really intrigued to see if John McLaughlin is fit, what the decision would be. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, if John McLaughlin's been told he's number one goalkeeper and he is fit for tomorrow, then you expect him to go back in. Obviously, it's a massive, massive call because you do have Alan McGregor there. Everyone knows his capabilities, as you said, against Napoli. You know, without him in goal, the score would have been a lot, lot higher. But if John is fit for tomorrow and he's been told, as I said, he's number one, then I expect him to go back in. I want to see Ben Davies play tomorrow. I know King's done really well. Mm-hmm. He came in at right back uh, for Tav against Ajax. You know, he started against Dundee United. But I think when you spend that much money on a centre-half, if he is fit to play, I think it's now time for him to step up yeah, and play. I mean, I think Giovanni van Bronker said today in the team that he's, he's fit and available. I mean, I'm sure he was asked, so this isn't a criticism of, of Giovanni van Bronkers. He was asked to think about Ben Davies and a number of other players and he mentioned him as being fit and available, but he was for, I think, the three games prior to the break. It's now three, four weeks where he's he's been there and on the bench. If it's not tomorrow, Nadim, when when do you see him from the start? Or is he just is he just simply not first choice at the moment? Well, God, I mean, that, that, that's, a, you know, that's a million-dollar question, you know, but if he has been fit for the last few games... Why is he not played? What, what, why is he playing Sands in there who isn't a centre-half? He's done okay. He's not been brilliant, but I don't think he's been, been poor, but he's done okay. But why are you playing him as centre-half if Davies is fit? You, you, as as Marvin said, you spent a few million pounds on Davies, so play him. You know, if, 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 you, if you bought him and it's Giovanni's signing, it's not as if it's anybody else signing. It's his signing. Play him in the squad. The other point, I think, what uh, Marvin said earlier on, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Marvin said that, you know, if McLaughlin's been told he's number one, then he's got to play him. You know, I, I, I don't think he's number one anymore. That's the point. If, if, you, if McLaughlin was still number one, he would have played against Napoli. What, to my knowledge, he wasn't injured. He was, I think he was on, he was on the bench, wasn't he? So, so why not play him against Napoli? If, if he's your number one, you're not going to take him out. The, 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 I know he made some mistakes in the previous game, I get that, but... You're not going to take him out of the squad and, and hamper his confidence if he's still going to be a number one. Just to dent your theory slightly, Nadim, he was injured or he certainly wasn't on the bench. He didn't feature at all against Napoli. Um, I don't know, Kenny, we sometimes fall into this trap. Ben Davies is a great example because he came from Liverpool. Now, I know he didn't play that often, but he came from Liverpool and he comes with a hefty price tag. So you assume that if he's not in this team, it must be some injury thing. Does, maybe the manager just doesn't think he's first choice at the moment. Maybe other guys are ahead of him. I would say that's that's a big a big point. I mean, he's been fit to play. He can't be match fit again. Marvel, I'll tell you that when you're coming back for an injury and you're you're two months into a season, what Rangers thirteen games in, fourteen games into a season, and he's not had any. You're not going to be at the top of your game. For me, the signings of both Suter and Davies, they still have to show that they can come and be the guy to partner Conor Goals on a regular basis. It's un it's un it's un been playing for Hearts and doing great is one thing, making the step ups another. Like being a having a tag a Liverpool player but not playing any games and being again coming for the championship and also then going back into the championship it's you're still got to show you can make the step up and it does take time at the moment we have no evidence to see is John Suter going to be the long term partner for Conor Goldson is it going to be Davis or are these are the signings just not going to work out based on 
I'm not being good enough to, to carry the jersey we don't know that yet again everything would point like you say John Suter domestically one of our best centre-backs a free transfer of course it's a no-brainer signing yeah forget the injury record for a second Ben Davies it's a Liverpool signing it's costing a lot of money well there's been a lot of players have come up for down, down south to other rings or Celtic for big money and it's not worked mm-hmm. out you know, so well, there's still to be shown if these guys are going to be the long-term partners for Conor Goldson. And that's why tomorrow, I mean, young Leon King's been waiting in the wings so long for an opportunity. I was even looking at some of the signings as that step, is that blocking his pathway? I mean, they rate him highly. But you go and sign two, two centre-backs. One's a Scottish internationalist who's been in, the, in, in around the first team in our league for a long, long time. And the next is a £4 million, or apparent £4 million signing for Liverpool. So where is he going to get his opportunities? Because it's not as if they're 33-year-old. I would agree, in relation to the Balogun situation, I did feel it was a, a strange a strange uh, play to let go based on he's played a big part over the last few seasons in, in Rangers' successes. Uh, by all accounts, he's a great lad, real liked in the dressing room. I think with his size as well, mm. they'll lose that and they have been losing that. Again, you talk about the set play issues that they've had over a, over a few seasons now. He definitely helps with that. So I've been surprised to see him let go. Thank you, Nadim. 01419511025. Paul's a Celtic fan. He will be up next and he'll be in good company. As far as he's concerned, we'll hear from Ange Postacoglu as well. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Kenny Miller are here at 01419511025. We're going to bring Paul in. I think we've just lost him to a point. I know we haven't. We've got him back. Paul, uh, we go back from international football to domestic football. Celtic lost their previous game. What, what's jumping out at you ahead of tomorrow's visit of Motherwell? Well, uh, I was actually away uh, on holiday myself and I, I ran a mortgage broker's uh, in the Merchant City, so I'm hanging, hanging together by a thread tonight. But uh, I just think that... Um... It's not a good time for the mortgages, is it? <laughs> Honestly, Paul, we'll put, well, I'll put your number out on Twitter, right? And folk can phone you for a bit of advice. Well, I, I used to be in the Merchant City, so that there's a clue in the name without any product placement, but there you go. Anyway, um, so I just, I, I just saw some of the criticism of Callum McGregor last uh, last Saturday uh, after last Saturday's game then I heard some talk about uh, should he be rested, is he playing too many games uh, I just wonder what the panels uh, guys that have played uh, well Marvin's still playing at a, a good level and, and Kenny's no longer tired so you know what what is their view on should he be rested, is the game tomorrow more important than the Leipzig game and, and where are they on the whole Callum McGregor just quickly Paul when you say criticism Saturday you mean for Scotland yeah yeah there was loads loads online Gordon I came back mm. in the country loads online yeah, no, no, I, was just, I was just checking yeah I mean I think the first the first Ukraine game he got pff, unbelievable praise for the performance I don't know what Paul says there was criticism from the Republic of Ireland game maybe there was ultimately Paul's asking does he need a rest because he's played a bit a thousand games in the last few seasons at Fields uh, listen I'd, firstly if there's been any criticism it's, it's, it's wrong and it's, uh, it's it's unwarranted because his performance is is probably one of the most consistent performances you'll see both for club and country so uh, that's what I'd say first resting no I don't I don't think he would need anything I think when you look at Celtic when, you, when he's, he's a Celtic captain there's, there's no often that he'll not play even if there's a lot of changes to be made to a team, there's no often that he'll be left out because I think he is, he is the driving force of the, of the team. 
can play in a number of roles as well. He can he can play controller as uh, the deeper midfielder. Again, a lot of people that, that I speak to would love to see him maybe let off the leash a little bit and get, get further forward because I think there's goals and assists in him as well with his creativity and his energy. He's actually pretty quick as well to be honest with you you see that when he's travelling with the ball so no I don't think he needs it and I think if there's any criticism being aimed at him it's definitely unwarranted yeah like I said Marvin I think certainly the Ukraine game he was getting absolute praise all over the place I don't know maybe the first half against Ireland everyone was getting a bit of stick perhaps um, but you look over the past few years it, we, it did come up last night it's pretty much the last seven seasons or so He's averaging like 60 games a season, there or thereabouts. That's my very rough arithmetic. Yeah, no, but for me, Callum's a, a fantastic player. You know, people have asked me before about, you know, facing centre midfielders up here. And for me, he's right up there. Consistently, he's been right up there. Even, you know, they struggled for a season, obviously, you know, when Condon, when Lennon was there. Again, he was absolutely brilliant when he first got the captain's armband. People said, you know, would the pressure be too much for him? For me, he's fantastic, a shining light during that team. I did see some of the criticism um, after, well, the first half of the Republic of Ireland game. I think all the players got it. Um, but sometimes I have to take it as a compliment for Callum because I think because his standards have been set so, so high, as Kenny had said there, he's been fantastic for so long. People always look at him to drive that team forward, you know, him or John McGinn. And I think he did get a bit of criticism. But listen, that, that's online. You know, people say a lot of things online that I, I don't agree with. For me, I wouldn't rest him. You know, I'd be saying to him if I'm and I'm saying, are you fit to play? Do you feel OK? Do you feel fresh enough to play? As soon as he says yes, he's on the team sheet. For me, he's that important to Celtic Football Club at this moment in time. So until he turns around and says, you know what? I feel a bit leggy. He'll play every minute of every game for me. Paul, let, let's cut through. Let, let's cut the nonsense. What you really mean is you think poor wee Motherwell don't have a chance and it doesn't matter if Callum McGregor plays or not. That's really what you're on to say, isn't it? No, not, not at all. I, I, I think uh, Motherwell's are a very well-run club and they always always seem to raise to the occasion that, uh, again, against uh, Celtic or Rangers. Um, I mean, the, the game, the, the, I, I caught the highlights on the... Uh, on the BBC piece for the, the Republic game again, and McGregor was actually uh, 89 minutes. He was still still trying to get into the box to, to, to score. Um, can I can make another point to, to Kenny uh, Gordon? Kenny, you're a. I would like I would like you to be the the, the Callum McGregor of pundits because every time I I turn on the radio or the telly, you're there, so you're you're everywhere like him, but. Uh, like Ange Postecoglou, you, you dodged a bullet with, the, with the, the, the the international break on one of your comments, and I don't know what medium it was on, but you, you likened Ryan Kent to Jota. Um, I, I, I don't know what there was a, a monologue. I don't know if I read it online or I had jet lag or whatever, but I, I, I clearly see you had something about like you, you've got the same ability as Jota. He's not performing it. It's like, I mean, that's like comparing no nasty to David Cooper. Honestly, I mean, it's like seriously. Are you are you seriously thinking that Ryan Kent is in the same league as Jota? See, I did see this criticism, and a bit like Paul, I don't really know what you said or where you said. Oh, you're right, Paul. But basically, he does all those other things to warm up for his his big shift on a Friday <laughs> night. Um, what did you say? What Honestly, did you I don't mean? believe Defend everything you it's, uh, you know what, right? So this is where I'm, I, I sit on this. Who's the best player at the moment in Scotland? I think Jota is performing at the highest level. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Has Ryan Kent got the abilities, natural ability, the, the, the technique, the technical abilities? Absolutely has. He is not applying it in the same way as Jota. That is it. And ultimately, that's where that, that's the proof in the pudding. 
I'll never say that Ryan Kent is playing better than Jota. I never say he is better than Jota. I say he has the capabilities within his game that he can put in those types of performances. The problem Rangers have got, and Rangers fans are really frustrated at, they don't see it on the consistent basis that the Celtic fans see. And that's not just Jota. That's a bad on the other side. Or that might be, I wouldn't have quite thrown my head into that bracket, to be honest with you, but this season, Jota and Abad have been sensational. And the reason the comparison comes is because they play in the same positions and one plays for Rangers and the other two play for Celtic. And that's a natural comparison that you're going to have to make based on the amount of goals that Jota gets the assists. I throw Abad into that as well. They've had an incredible start to the season And by the way, they were excellent last season as well And that's why the comparisons get drawn I do believe Ryan Cooten can get up to these types of levels Unfortunately, he doesn't Not on the consistent basis that, that, that Jota's shown And even for this season, Abada as well I mean, I've got a hard enough time Keeping you lot in check for the nonsense you say here Never mind stuff you've said <laughs> elsewhere Cut me some slack Anyway, thank you Paul 01419511025 uh, Ange Postacoglu did his pre-match media conference today uh, and of course, not many people expected Celtic to go into that break on the back of a defeat at St Mirren. He says they'll learn from it, um, but insists they're not ready to change too much or abandon anything they've done before. Every decision we make will be around what team we think will be able to best perform on the day. So if that means making a number of changes, we make a number of changes. If not, um, we don't. I mean, again, you know, you, you, if, you, if you use a result of a game as a backdrop to question everything you do, then, mate, you, you'll go nuts in this game. So, you know, I don't, like I said, every game is the same for us. Whether we win, lose, or draw, we look at the performance. Um, you know, we understand why we didn't perform on the day. Uh, we give the feedback to the players and we move on. But there's nothing that comes out of one result that, you know, um, changes my outlook or my approach or, or what we, you know, sort of want to achieve as a team. Got interest in that, Marvin, because, um, in the aftermath of, of St Mirren and I guess this is what exactly what Ange Postacoglu is referring to he will not be dictated to specifically by the result but you understand why fans would be and say oh hold on we can't do that again we can't make those changes we just lost a game it's now only two points we can't make those changes this proves we cannot make these changes but the manager there is saying that he's sort of sticking by it if you like and, and saying you know I'm maybe putting words in his mouth a bit but to su- surmise, he's saying he would do it again, ultimately. Yeah, for me, Ange is fantastic. You know, you listen to his press conferences, whether it's, you know, after they've been beaten by St Mirren or, you know, after they've beaten Rangers. He's he's very, very calm. He thinks a lot about what he's going to say. And listen, he's a top, top manager, so who are we to argue with him? As he said, you know, he felt that he needed to make the changes. The result wasn't great. Maybe certain parts of the performances he'll look back at and say, this shouldn't have happened. I think the two goals they conceded were very, very soft. But he talks about learning. You know, if a manager of, of that ilk and the players that he has at his disposal, he's speaking about learning from these games, you know, them going through things, learning that this can't happen again. For Welsh and, and Ralston, I think down that side, obviously we've got St Mirren next and we've looked at the goals that they conceded. I think there's a massive learning curve for those two boys. Two young players who will come again, who will play for Celtic. But days like this happen. You know, but he's not going to panic. He's not going to change what he does as a manager. He's not going to change his philosophy. And if he feels he needs to make those changes again, he will do it. He'll give them a warning. Listen, last we made these changes, we went out against Simmer and we lost 2-0. That's not acceptable. So make sure we react in the right way. And as I said, you know, you can listen to his press conferences all day because, you know, wanting to be a future manager myself, you can learn so much from somebody like that. There will be force changes. Carl Starfelt, Cameron Carter-Vickers won't be there. So it looks like it would be Moritz Shen, Stephen Welsh. Um, Jackie Marcus hasn't come back fit from international football either. Will he go, you know, is it as strong as possible? 
other than than them tomorrow you you is it unlikely to see a repeat of the St Mirren level of experimentation even though he says he would do it again listen he could say he would do it again and that's that's absolutely fine uh, the bottom line is the players that started the game I mean they aren't the first choice players like that is it so the performance level and I absolutely agree with him it can't be dictated by the result but the reason the performance level maybe drops is maybe because the players in the starting lineup are not as good as the players that, that could be in the starting lineup. I think they'll go as strong as, as they possibly can. What that is, again, I don't know, because they've got a fantastic squad, and that's why Ange's paid the big bucks to pick the to pick the team that he feels will go and win this game. But I would expect us to see a more familiar look to the team than what we did against St Mirren. Because after a defeat, as he knows, and yes, you're not dictated, a performance doesn't dictate is not dictated by a result. Because you can play really, really well and, and not win, and you can play pretty poorly and, and win. So it's not to be wholly dictated by the result, but when you get mm-hmm. beat at Rangers yeah. and Celtic, you need to respond and, and you to, need to win the next and, game. And to be fair, that probably wasn't one of the examples of that because all the Celtic fans that phoned in here said they didn't like the performance. You know, it's not yeah. as if they battered St Mirren, had loads of chances, just didn't take them, and, and it was one of those days. It wasn't like that. But that's the kind of point I'm, I'm trying to make. You know, when if you if you've got a, a team in your mind that you feel is your strongest, and managers again, particularly someone like Ange, who's got a really really strong squad at a big club. He'll never really admit that these guys are the first choice and this is the starting team and this is the, the subs or the, the reserves. But the reality is there's certain players within every club that if there's a big game playing tomorrow, they're getting played. Jota's going to be one of them. He was missing, so I think that going forward, you missed that quality. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Come on, beat the pundit time. Is this the first time you two have ever... Pundited together in here. No, no, no been it's on not. before, right? Just, just come and be paid last time, though. I was just trying to. Can you not remember last time we were on and the, 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 the coin toss land on me? Marv was actually saying I was going to say he never got picked. <laughs> That's basically where I was going. I was trying to establish if you knew how he behaves during being the pundit. But anyway, we're about to find out. It's 0141 951 1025. The lines close at 7. So if you want to take down one of these two, and please do, uh, that's when you have to call before 7 o'clock and on that number. Your chance to beat the pundits next. Tackle the headlines. 0141951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley and Kenny Miller still here 0141951025 or you can get in touch on Twitter at Clyde SSB uh, feel free to send your tweets in over there let us know what you're thinking ahead of the return to domestic football after the international break some big games to look forward to however this is the biggest game of the weekend no doubt about it Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. What a time we've been having on Beat the Pundit, honestly. I mean, you two, are, I hope you two are more of the entertainers because we've had Keevans with that. Did he get the 1 0 victory? Yeah. And Simon Donnelly with his 2 1s. I'm not, nah, I want high scoring, I want excitement, I want drama. I seem to keep my record going, that's all neutral. I care about. Are you unbeaten this 100% season? Record. How many have you played though? That's not important. That's not. I said 100% record. I paid three, I think. I know, because I'm a hypocrite, because I always tell Gordon DL that it doesn't matter how many you've played. It's all about the, the percentage. Oh. But I think if you've only played like once or twice... So I played three, so... Okay, fair sure. enough. Fair enough. You've played a few more than that, have you not? But yeah, I'm up at six or seven. Right, yeah. Okay, wow. well, Lee is in Dunoon. How's it going, Lee? I'm all right. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Not bad. Uh, I mean, you're Celtic fan, Lee. What's... Um, what, are you, what have you got more confidence in? Them beating Motherwell or you beating Marvin or Kenny? Oh, 
them being mother <laughs> I love that and so just call on and just admit there's no chance I love it uh, was it last night when the guy said he was fairly confident and he got he usually gets like four or five playing at home and he got none <laughs> so Lee that, you've done the right thing it's the analogy that I always use if you're going to sing karaoke sing after Sunday that's hopeless because it makes you yeah, look good so mm-hmm. that that's the idea the last night's guy got a zero you've not got much to follow so let's see what we can do uh, heads it will be Marvin tails it will be Kenny Miller it is heads Marvin Bartley get that right you know what now it's Kenny Miller's turn to celebrate so man. do you know what as well and I'm going to start my mind games with him Lee some of these are not up your street oh. that's all I'm saying I'll, I'll beat Lee doesn't matter we'll see we'll see buddy talk. exactly uh, let's give him some Clyde 2 to listen to so that he can't hear us Lee 30 seconds just answer as many as you can and pass if you do not know okay Okay. Right then, your 30 seconds, go on the clock, and your time starts now. Which club does Joe Rebo play for? Southampton. Who scored more league goals for Celtic, Callum McGregor or Joe Ledley? Callum McGregor. Who's currently the longest serving player for one club in the Scottish Premiership? Mm, pass. Name any outfield player that played every minute for Scotland over the last week. Callum McGregor. Aye. Russell Latipi joined Hibs from a team in which country? England How many club teams Did Jim McLean manage Throughout his career Three Right Marvin Bartley Can you hear us I can indeed Same set of questions Don't blow it now Okay everyone's listening 30 seconds on the clock Your time starts now Which club does Joe Rebo play for Southampton Who scored more league goals For Celtic Callum McGregor Or Joe Ledley Ledley Who's currently The longest serving player For one club In the Scottish Premiership Scott Pittman Name any outfield player who played every minute of the previous three Scotland games. John McGinn. Russell Latipi joined Hibs from a team in which European country? Pass. How many club teams did Jim McLean manage throughout his career? Four. What nationality is Aberdeen goalkeeper Keller Roos? Belgium, some Belgium. <laughs> Lee, how do you think that went? Gordon on it. No, no, it was outfield players. Don't you worry about that. Outfield. Oh, right. Okay, let's go through them. Which club team does Joe Rebo play for? Southampton. You both got it. One all. Who scored more league goals for Celtic? Callum McGregor or Joe Ledley? You both went for the other one. So someone's going to come out on top here. McGregor's got thirty-six. Ledley's got twenty. It's Callum McGregor. Oh! And Lee got it. He goes two-one in front. Wait to hear this one as well. Scott Pittman. Look at him. He's Livy bias. Just can't see past Livy. Ever heard of a man called Lewis Stevenson? Uh, oh no! Former teammate of yours, by any chance? Yes, he was. Carry on. Man, carry it was an incredible, on. incredible effort for Pats as well, because he must be right up there. Yeah, he set a record. Unfortunately, it's just not right. It's <laughs> <laughs> not long enough. So it's two-one to Lee. Name any outfield player who played every minute of the Scotland games. John McGinn. Yeah. Jack Hendry or Callum McGregor Callum McGregor is the answer to two different questions Lee oh, and you got him twice oh, so it's 3-2 oh he got it right Russell Latipi joined Hibs from a team in Portugal none of you got that Jim McLean managed one club team that was the one I said just wasn't up your street simply um, which means you need this Lee didn't get this far oh, no, Keller you said he's from Belgium you know what's even better about this as well 
on the map. Oh, nice no, from Holland, isn't he? He's Dutch. He is Dutch. Oh, no. We are just over the border, and Lee has done it. Yes, I love nothing more than when Marvin Bartley loses. Well done, Lee and Benoon. Oh, I'm not used yep. to Fridays. Good man. There we are. The same ball is on its way. Thank you. Good man. Well done, I think mate. his punishment will make well him done, drive mate. it to Danun. You ever been to Danun? No. I don't think you would have. But there we go. Yes. I'm raging. <laughs> oh, my record is gone, man. What's the point in playing anymore? So defeatist. I thought they were, like I said, I knew, although you're a big Hibs fan, Russell Latipi before your time, Jim McLean, I I feared for you, but you've only got yourself to blame because if anyone should have got Lewis Stevenson, it was you, and that would have been enough to equalise. Terrible. Yeah. Or if I'd have said Holland instead of Belgium. Yeah, but that's the final whistle that's, going kind yeah, of. There we me. go. It's, it's all over. The yeah, run's over. It happens. You'll have to bounce back. You're it only happens. as good as your last game. 0141 951 1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Uh, let's hear a bit more from Ange Postacoglu. Uh, he was asked about his, his future. It's one of the great things or terrible things, whatever way you look at it, about the international break is it allows all this stuff to sort of come up and, and just float around and speculation. Um, and there's stuff going on at the moment when it's a, a vacancy in England or even a manager under pressure you look at the job he's doing whether it's two and two together whether there's more to it well he was asked about it today and he says he's not really focused on that or any links to the Premier League he's just focused on the here and now uh, and the job he's got to do at Celtic It's fair to say speculation about my future has been with me from day one you know uh, for different reasons so uh, yeah look I, like I said I, for me I don't worry about the stuff it doesn't enter my sort of brain space i you know i i take on every job that i have and every challenge if i start thinking about you know the speculation that's um there now about potentially me moving on to i don't know where then i would have been worried about it at the start when the people were saying that i wouldn't last too long particularly in today's world we 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 get antsy pretty quick you know we don't like to be settled we we want to know what's next you know we like it I think I said last year we don't we want to watch our favourite series all in one night. You know we don't want to wait week to week. So you know it's it's kind of the life we live these days. I I'm still a bit old fashioned. I'll I'll wait for the weekly episode before I uh, watch my next uh, um, series, mate. <laughs> Are we having that analogy? I quite like that. It's true. Absolutely. Just want to blitz it on the first night. Absolutely. I'll tell you what I found interesting about his comments is there has been a bit of speculation and he's normally kind of dealt with pretty well. I think, sorry, he always deals with pretty well. But I did just read something I'm talking about. Well, I'm getting on and I've got a shorter time now. I've got to achieve the again his dreams, mm-hmm. his goals, his ambitions to maybe manage at a certain level. I did find that interesting. Because he clearly, I said, I think I said it on this show last week or the week week before, he's obviously got big ambitions. He's, he's managing a huge club. He's doing very, very well. When the, any job that comes up, I mean, whether it be Brighton or whether it be any other job that's coming, his name's going to be in the frame based on the job that he's doing, but also the style yeah. that he's doing it with. So it's, uh, I did find that a little bit interesting because there is, he's obviously got, he's driven he wants to succeed he wants to manage at the very very top level so I think it's only natural that when these jobs come up he will get linked and I do believe at some point he will move on yeah I mean there's something quite refreshing about the old school you know every, you just wait every week for the next episode the Great British Bake Off and you beat them. <laughs> it's not the type of thing that you would need to sit and, and I think I see where he's he's coming from Marvin but 
the thing is we as a, a footballing city let's lump everything together we've been stung recently because Celtic fans never thought Brendan Rodgers would leave and Steven Gerrard had unfinished business those two were different profile to each other but also yeah. a different profile to Ange Postacoglu as well but it's just like a player isn't it it's, it's, a, it's just a compliment especially if he goes and, and makes a further dent in this Champions League or wins a title again or whatever clubs down there would be mad not to have a look would they not no exactly that I think it's a massive compliment um, you know obviously you know Kenny mentioned kind of Brighton there before they got a new manager you know I think if you're a manager at Celtic or Rangers go into Brighton if you're, especially if you're in the Champions League go into Brighton I don't think whets the appetite I really don't I know it's going down to England but I think you're going to a team that's probably going to be bottom five bottom six you're at the wrong end of things if it's one of the teams that are in Europe um, or you know even the Champions League even better I definitely understand that but yeah you know what Ange's doing here people are looking at him down the road and probably further afield as well and thinking what a magnificent job he's done there not only a Celtic winning games but it's the way they're winning games you know they played against Real Madrid and you know people patting them on the back yes they did lose a game but for 60 minutes they're absolutely fantastic you know his budget compared to Real Madrid you know their budget is far superior rather uh, than Celtic so listen some of the football that he plays the way he's got them going especially on the back of what he took over from. You know, they really struggled that season before he came in. He came in late because you all know about the Eddie Howe saga. You know, they, they didn't hit the ground running. They had a really difficult night at Hearts. And what he's done from there on in has been absolutely fantastic. But as I said, it's got to be a big, big club for me, you know, to tempt him away from Celtic Park. Yeah, I mean, William, look, it's just one of those things. It's speculation. It's not really more to it than that. But but that's kind of where we are, William, isn't it? If we've got something nice the big boys want to sometimes take it away, is that something that plays in the back of your mind about Ange Postacoglu or not really? No, uh, good evening guys, how you doing? No, Thanks. I think he's, he's in a different mould Ange, you know, I think he's I think he's not finished yet I think he, he'll, he'll, he'll set his, his task, I, can, I remember Gordon Frank saying that four years four years was long enough for uh, going, going to Celtic uh, so I'd be happy to get another two years out of him anyway, you know, but I think I just think Ange's in a different mould for Brendan Rodgers I think he's he's obviously ambitious, you know, but I still think he wants to finish what he started, you know, and and I'm hoping that's the case, you know, and and I hope it's not just down to I know the plus strings, you know, and things like that, you know, but I think he's still got things to achieve with Celtic and where he wants to go with his team, you know. So I don't think he's finished yet. I think he's uh, I think he'll stay for at least another year anyway you know or maybe even two another two years I think yeah the, the comparison with Brendan Rodgers only it starts and ends with the fact that Celtic fans didn't think he would leave and he did other than that it's not, it's not really much of a comparison because it is a different profile he'd been down there before he'd been successful before much more in the the mind maybe felt to, to English clubs rightly or wrongly like a more obvious Option is Ange Postacoglu even as much as the Celtic fans love him, is he still got more to do to cut through to that ever? Um, let me choose my word carefully here, so I'm not insulting that um, ever sceptical English market. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said that Brendan had been down there before, and I felt you know when he when he left Liverpool after that job, he's probably thinking, how do I get back to the Premier League at a club of a decent size? How do I do that? And I think Celtic Football Club. They weren't like me saying it, but I think he saw them as, you know, coming up to Celtic, doing well then, then I can get another move down to England. I think Ange coming into Celtic, he has something to prove in Europe. There's no doubt about it. I don't think there was many fans of, of any club. As he said there, you know, people really doubted him when he came and how long will he last, etc., etc. And now people are saying, you know, hope we can keep hold of him. So I think he has something different to prove and he's proven that at this moment in time. But I think he's enjoying 
you know, proven that. I think he's at a massive football club. As I said, he's in the Champions League. And one day someone will come in for him. And will it be the first club that he jumps out? I don't think so. I think it'll have to be the right club for him. Everything he says, you know, he's calculating everything he does. I don't think he's just going to jump at a chance of going down to a Brighton. As I said, I don't want to be disrespectful to them, but I think it has to be a team in Europe and a team of massive ambitions to get him out of Celtic Football Club. Mm. William, I know you had another point, particularly for Marvin. What's your, what's your question for him tonight? Uh, it's just a, it's just a, a, a general point about the league itself. You know, does, does he think the league is stronger this year? And does he think that? Uh, does he think? I know he probably will say that uh, Livingston is stronger this year, but uh, we're losing. I think losing the. The boy Forrest is it was a big was a big loss for Livingston, you know. So I just I'm just wanting to ask Marvin what he saw what he's seen so far. Does he think the league is stronger itself, and does he think obviously Livingston is stronger, you know? Well, you're right. This will be this will be great <laughs> if he tells all the Livy players listening that they're not as good as the team from last year. <laughs> Sit back and enjoy this, Kenny. No, no. Listen, he makes a, a fabulous point. I do think that the the league is stronger. Um, I, I do see that from the teams and the games we've played so far. Um, I think if you look at last season, you know, Hibs and Aberdeen, where they finished, I think that was kind of faults for them. I think, you know, Aberdeen have kind of been up and down. Same with Hibs. I expect them to get a lot more points this season than they did last season. So in terms of that, it definitely is stronger. Um, Alan Forrest was a, was a massive, massive loss for us. There's no doubt about it. You know, the club did everything they possibly could to keep him at the club. Um, you know, but Hearts came in for him. You know, they had European football, you know, bigger wages and he decided to go. So if you said to, to me or, or to the manager, you know, would you take Alan Forrest back right now? 100% we would. You know, we kind of play a different style now. Don't rely as much on wingers, but, you know, Alan Forrest is a massive, massive player for us. And yeah, we definitely do miss him. I feel like the strength of the league question... Oh almost entirely hinges on Hibs and Aberdeen, Kenny, because mm. it's early to make the statement that they surely can't be as bad as last year. They finished 8th and 10th. Hibs 8th, Aberdeen 10th. Aberdeen 10th. Like, unthinkable. And it happened. Both of them. And you look, even already this season, there's, there's you know, sitting 6th and 7th. Yes, it's early days. Aberdeen, they, they both look like they've at least got the makings have been better than that, surely. I think they will be. Uh, there's one thing for sure if they're not and they don't make it into the top six then it's fair to say the managers won't be there next year or they might not even make it to the end of the year because the clubs will demand that they're fighting for the European slots but what they've got is they've got some real competition at the moment Hearts are the third force by a good way in my opinion and you've got you've got teams like Livingston who are who know what they're doing they've done it regularly they're, they're always always going to compete and, and they're looking really really strong at the moment Stephen Robinson's now getting a turn out at St Mirren he's got them after a wee rocky start and maybe he's just coming through the door and he's had a summer he's new signing new players they didn't look great in the League Cup but I'll tell you they look a decent team now I mean they beat Celtic last week I thought they were excellent away at Dundee United albeit Dundee United have got their own problems but there's some real competition in there so Hibs and Aberdeen are going to have to be really really good to start pushing uh, these teams out of the way because there is some real competition there and Motherwell again pretty similar to Aberdeen and Hibs that they'll win a couple of games they might lose in a couple of games but that's it's going to be the team that had a decent run of form and consistent form that'll kind of be challenged or maybe challenging Hearts or at least looking for the fourth or fifth slot so Hibs and Aberdeen have still got to prove they can do that over the course of the season like you say they're sitting sixth and seventh at the moment yes I expect them to be finished better than tenth Aberdeen mm-hmm. and eighth Hibs uh, thank you William, it's 01419511025. It is Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. Um, let's hear a bit more from Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. He wants to put the disappointing results before the international break behind him and he's keen to build on that win from the Dundee United game a couple of weeks back. 
Well, I mean, we reset. I mean, of course, we uh, we had some uh, disappointing results the last weeks, you know, especially the away game against Celtic. Of course, Champions League, uh, two, two big defeats. I think the, the win against Dundee United helped us in, in the sense of getting back to the three points. I think that's all we can do uh, just to stay focusing on on winning our games and uh, that's the most important thing we have to do and we have to continue with that you know we uh, still have a big big, big game uh, tomorrow against Hearts away so uh, we want to continue the run of, of winning in the league and then uh, I think that's the focus we all have Alan's a Rangers fan in Coat Bridge what's on your mind ahead of this big game tomorrow Alan? Uh, well, um, I would just want to speak to Kenny about um, his thoughts on uh, changing the formation in terms of, you know, instead of a, a number nine up front, uh, maybe the two of them playing up front, you know, Morelos and Kolach. Uh, I don't know what Kenny's thoughts on that are. Uh, I know we, we play a, a 4-3-3 just now, however... Uh, I think it would be better to go for a, a three-five-two, if you know what I mean. I'll um, tell you now, Alan. He's shaking his head, so I'm not sure he's he's, he's imagining it. Kenny, you know, I, I said it earlier. I can't see it happening. You're right. That is a formation that could get the two of them in. A four-four-two could be. A, again, there, there is different ways that you mm-hmm. could get both of them in the team. I don't think they're the types of strikers that you could play the same way and maybe one of them play wide, or I don't think you could play the four-two-three-one and one of them being the, the one that's a little bit more withdrawn. I don't think that's the types of players they are. If they played, so I ask you, Alan, if we played, uh, if Rangers played three-five-two, where do you see Ryan Kent feature? Well. Kenny, you and I both know. I, th- I think he's he's drifting out the team. Do you know what I mean? So um, uh, I don't know uh, if Gio's going to tweak the the formation to suit um, the opponent, shall we say? Um, but I just think it's too predictable. At this present time So Alan You don't think Ryan Kent Is the stick on Must play Player that he was Previously No No no, I don't I know, I know he costs Seven million quid Or whatever But he is not Like The header mm. Shall we say Kenny No I have to agree uh, But what I also said He'll play I've absolutely no doubt He'll play So come Half past twelve tomorrow Half past eleven When the teams come out I think you'll see Ryan Kent in a four three three or a four two three one playing off the left. Uh, I, I think he actually could play in a three five two, but that's why we just thrown it at you, Alan, to see what you thought. Because I think he could play in a kind of freer role in behind the front two if you had two more solid midfielders in there. So I think there's still a way you could get both strikers in the team and Ryan in the team, and it still worked pretty well. I mean, the wing backs at Rangers, if it was a three five, would be would, mm-hmm. would be Tavernier and Barisic who. They're, they play attacking anyway they're always high again Rangers yep. and more often not have got the ball and they're the, the team that's always asking the questions so you could definitely promote them higher up the field you would still have players in the midfield that can control so I just think having the three at the back would buy us. I think Rangers strongly at one centre back but never mind three at the moment so mm-hmm. it's uh, I, I don't think it'll happen I'll be honest I think it's really really good I said at the top of the show having two strikers vying for that one slot uh is really really good both of them are going to have to push they're going to have to be right at the top of their game to get the jersey that's for sure because the other one is is not going to be acceptable just sitting on the bench so I understand I've been asked that a lot over the last few weeks about because the two strikers are really good and it's always going to be the question if you've got two really good strikers and you want to mm-hmm. play a 4-3-3 how can you get them in the team do you change it 
I can't see Gio changing Right educate me If In the past Rangers have Really for a long time They've not really had that Obvious Right sided you know, Winger if you like Or, or wide player If you, you look at who it's been it's been Joe Rebo and it's been Tom Lawrence and you know they've signed Matondo and they've signed other guys, but it's, it's never it's never really stuck. If it, why can't Alfredo Morelos go out there? Why can't Antonio Cholak go out there? And then you do still have them both in the you have them both in the team without changing your your formation. What is it about them that wouldn't work? Cholak can't do that. That's that end of you can't put him right wing. If you, is he or, just or in right between the posts? He, he's a box striker, okay. he relies on service Look where his goals come from He is not ever too far away for that penalty spot When the balls are coming in the box Or if there's a little thread he passes through Like you've seen against Dundee United Or like Ryan Kent put him through for his goal against Ross County That's where he lives He's not anywhere, he's not going to go out wide Will he run a channel, will he work hard? Yes he will But he's not going to start out there, it's completely different And I actually think the same for Alfredo He's more likely that he could do it but you imagine Alfredo mm. Morelos' face if you got shifted to the right wing and somebody else is the number mm, nine. Got a track back you know, as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just not in the makeup. Try to the think of, of your Rangers teams. I mean, for instance, you would have way back would, would you know Stephen Naismith, a sort of traditional striker. Would he have come in off there? Did Martin Waghorn do it in your your second? I've done spell? it as well. I've done it as well. Again, there are just different players with different mindsets. Uh, Again, when it was Mark Warburton's Rangers at the front three would normally have been either myself, Waghorn and, and Barry Mackay. Barry Mackay would always, again, like Ryan Kent, always play off the left. So it was down to me and Waggy to kind of spell it on the other side. Nicky Clark would come into the team in that, in that, in that team as well and, and play uh, either the striker or, or the other one. But it's just not in the makeup. And Giovanni won't do you want players to be play their specialised positions and be equally effective. Mm. But you're right, Matondo's been the one that's probably been signed and Lawrence is a big miss because he was doing that job pretty well. Uh, right, thank you, Alan. Before we go any further, let me remind you of this. Super Scoreboard European Football Coverage with MoyerAndSweeney.com The top team for your defence. Yeah, the big European nights are back, aren't they? And thanks to Moyer and Sweeney litigation, we will be here bringing you our European football coverage this season. And to celebrate, they're giving you the chance to win a 60-inch Samsung 4K Ultra HD TV. If you want to learn more about MoyerAndSweeney.com, you can find out, obviously, on that website, Clyde1.com, get the details as well, uh, offering you high-quality representation uh, no matter who you are throughout Scotland so whether you've got a small matter or a big one that needs dealt with they have got your back and they are putting up that 60 inch Samsung TV as well how good would that look to watch those big European nights so go to Clyde1.com to find out more and we are back with one of those extended shows on Tuesday 6 until 11pm when Rangers head to Anfield to take on Liverpool I've got the perfect and I mean it full time teaser for you two it's going to take your specialist subject Marvin Bartley and it's going to compliment you, Kenny Miller, and you will scoosh it. The question is coming next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Kenny Miller are here, and I think between the two of them, they're going to scoosh this teaser. We're going to use... I mean, you've both got top knowledge of Scottish football. I'm not questioning you there, Marvin Bartley. But we need your knowledge of the greater London area as well here okay. on this, right? I like this, I like this question from the Crazy Pony, and I saved it for you specifically. Yes. Uh, so can you name the last player to sign for either of the old firm from each of the London-based teams in English football? 
On loan or permanent? Permanently only I'm glad you asked Kenny Miller Can you name the last player To sign for either Of the old firm teams On permanent transfers From each of the London based teams In the English Football League So it's only one From each Of each team So obviously By the time you get to Some of those clubs We could be We could be going back a bit you still look confused. Yeah, no, I'm not is confused. That, sorry, and, and Premier League teams, is that what it is? No, right or across the... So all the English teams... All the London teams. All the London so teams. How many answers are one, there? 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. The Crazy Pony reckons there are 9. Please don't phone and complain that you think there's another team that should be considered a London <laughs> team, right? Because I think there will be a few more there, I feel. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm going to throw a name straight away that no. covered a few. Okay, but to be fair, there will be some... London teams that it's non it's not applicable yeah because they've never they've never had they've never sold one yeah. to Celtic or Rangers. I'm going to throw Ian Wright out. No, no, he was Burnley, wasn't he? Or was he Burnley after? It's not. Oh, oh from one of the clubs. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, all right, okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. We're in big trouble. Now let's yeah. right, start. I'll help you. Start most recently. You'll get there. Oh, thanks for that. Right. right okay. so, so who did who did they sign in the summer? Either of them from a London-based team. Oh my God, Rangers? No, Celtic must have been. Who did the sign? Right, Carter Vickers. Who did he yeah. come from? Spurs. See, yeah, once you get one, once the ball gets rolling, it's a bit easier than you. Both stopped. So, I mean, what other clubs are we thinking of here, Mark? So West Ham, Arsenal, Chelsea, Brentford. Chelsea, Yarisic. Yes, there we go. See. Yuri Yarisic from Chelsea Now I don't mind pointing you in the right direction Otherwise we'll be here all night There is no There is no Brentford one Right So Rangers right. and Celtic have never signed anyone permanently From Brentford you would have to Assume uh, One of your former clubs I think Leighton Orient Yeah Never happened Right So there There's one from there uh, I was thinking Not applicable either So Okay so what else would we be looking at? What other types of clubs you've mentioned? West Ham? Yeah, West Ham. West Ham, Arsenal. There. The likes. Oh, then you can down divisions a bit. Charlton? Exactly. Joe Rebo? There we go. Yeah. See? Okay, three down. And Come on, Marv, way in, lad. I've got nothing for you, <laughs> Kenny. I'm I think sorry. I, said, I think I said nine. I think it's ten. I turned my page. Oh, wow. There's one more. Okay. Um, some breaking news tonight is... That Derek McInnes has signed a new deal at Kilmarnock. They've extended his contract uh, to the 2026, I believe. Um, going to be a big weekend for him. Hope he remembers the right dugout and home dressing room when he goes to Pataudry tomorrow. Um, but he celebrates it with a new contract. Is that good news for you, Simon, as a Kilmarnock fan? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hope you're all well. Thank um, you. Yeah, I've got a couple of points to make tonight. First of all, I'd just like to say I'm just back for crack off today, uh, so I've not really been in a fit state to, to contact you about Scotland. But um, to kick the backside out of that trip, did you not? Oh, it was actually cheaper to stay for two extra ah, nights that, and get a flight back today. That that so that. I heard that yeah, before, that. Simon. Yeah, so I um, just wanted to say well It's done. not cheaper once you add in two extra days of food and drink in hotels. It's just yeah, a false economy. One sixty up here, it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so I um, had a, a fantastic few days. Sort of Scotland did us proud. I thought they were absolutely fantastic, and you know, great credit as well to Jack Henry, who over the few games I thought was absolutely sensational. But um, onto onto Kilmarnock, absolutely delighted with the news today. Um, you know, it's been a tough few days uh, if you're a Kilmarnock fan. Um, I'll just go into that point quickly first about Kyle Lafferty. I think the uh, I don't think the club have went far enough, to be honest. I don't think the, the language that he used in that video and he's admitted now in, his, in the Kilmarnock statement 
is not acceptable. It's not something I want to be associated with my football club. I think I speak for quite a lot of people who support smaller teams in Scotland. Is that one of the reasons that we support those teams is because of the lack of, you know, connection to that side of you know, sort of Irish history, if you want to put it that way. And um, I, don't, I don't think that it's anything that I want associated with my football team. Um, understand there's legalities in with regards to to written up contracts and things like that's not just simple. But I think with the SFA um, now charging them, and the minimum is 10 games, I personally can see them getting more than that. Um, I think that I'm a bit worried that whilst I don't think it's acceptable, and whilst I think he should be punished, I'm a bit concerned that Kamalaki will be made a scapegoat here, and we're going to be the one who's going to be the example set by the SFA, and they're going to be like, okay, you know, this is no longer acceptable, and it's Kamalaki that will will suffer more. You know, John Gadetti, obviously, similar situation a few years ago when he was the Celtic player, um, and I just worry that for a you know an organisation that seems so against um, you know the, the 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 way that FIFA runs things and strict liability, I think that needs to come in if we want to stamp this out our game because there's no other way. It's going to look extremely stupid to somebody on the outside when they hear you know fifty thousand fans at a certain club singing those words, but then a player who says it, which again I'll, I'll reiterate is unacceptable. You know, seems to get you know ten, fifteen, maybe even longer than that game ban. It just seems. I just wish there was a bit of you know clarity all across the board. I think the key to the the distinction, um, Marvin, between I mean, the, Simon mentions John Gerrity or, or others before. And by the way, I have absolutely no desire on a Friday night to argue about whether the words used are, are comparable or not. That that's not really the point because Simon doesn't even care about that. He's talking about those types of of misdemeanor. The rules have they've just changed, and if you do want to talk about that, rightly or wrongly, it was seven years ago. I mean, Simon says it, it was seven years ago. There's not much that anybody can do about the fact that the rules have changed quite significantly since then, and very recently, Scottish FA um, got a lot of plaudits for it. And I know you were sort of part of that process yeah. or in, in the role that you uh, fulfilled to to make it a ten game minimum for misdemeanors of that type. Yeah, and, and the rules changed, and rightly so. Um, you know, Simon said there, it's kind of 2022. And, you know, I was, I was quite shocked myself when I saw that it was, I think, two-game minimum ban before. And, and for me, that wasn't enough. You know, we're trying to stamp this stuff out of football, most definitely, but also out of society. You know, it, it's it's not acceptable um, because, you know, someone's, you know, a different colour, a different religion, whatever else, you know, people can view them and, and say certain things about them. We don't want that in the game. You know, Scottish football's got so much going for it. And this is, you know, somewhere we need to go and kind of stamp out. It's kind of the elephant in the room at this moment in time. And, you know, it's unacceptable. It really is unacceptable. Um, and, you know, Kilmarnock have released their statement. The Scottish Affair said what they've needed to say. And I think the investigation is still ongoing. So we don't know how many games he's going to get, but he will be banned. And, you know, Carl's came out and obviously kind of apologised and admitted to the offence. And, you know, now he has to wait mm. and, and see what happens. Is there no part of you, Simon, that, subscribes to the view of you know if there is an apology which there is if it's meant if it's sincere if it's heartfelt if you show that you are sorry or that you've learned you know Kilmarnock talking about various measures they're going to take and, and different work that he's going to uh, go on I, I guess what I'm getting at is that general idea of rehabilitation is that not something that you, you go for? Absolutely um, I think there should be the opportunity to, to have that and I do understand that um, that's probably what Kilmarnock are planning to do at the moment I wonder personally if 
you know, the ban gets handed down and there's a, an actual SFA legality behind it saying that he is guilty of this offence, whether that then triggers some sort of clause in his contract of, you know, bringing the club and name into disrepute. Um, because if he's banned for 15, 20 games, he'll be one of our, our top earners as well, looking at it from a financial perspective. You know, it's going to be really, really bad for Kilmarnock. But yeah, I do agree that if, if he is remorseful and he, he realises what he said was wrong and he does want to do the work with the community and, and different charities, that um, he should be given that opportunity, yeah. But I still, I still don't feel comfortable with it being associated with my football club. And, you know, it's it's a, it's a really tricky line to, to, to try to kind of navigate. But yeah, you know, it's a, it's a bad situation for everyone involved, to be honest. But I agree with Marvin that the 10 games is, is the right thing. Um, it's just strikes a bit hollow when it does seem like you know it's easier to punish one person than punish you know fifty thousand. That's it's obviously always like that, but it just seems a bit you know it's a bit frustrating from from that perspective. Uh, yeah, I mean, in Scottish football, and, and you, Simon mentions you, if I have very different views on that, which which you do. <laughs> You also would understand part of that as well, Simon, uh, Marvin, because and maybe Simon would back this up. I mean, if, I don't know, 10, 15, 150, whatever it may be, Kilmarnock fans sing something untoward, is it right that the club gets that blanket punishment and what can they do to police that? Like this argument over whether strict liability works or not is it very old and reoccurs time and time again. Yeah, but we need to find a way to punish the individuals. Because, you know, if you walk down the street and, and you say something, then, you know, the police are there, CCTV, et cetera, et cetera. In England, they had a massive problem with, with hooligans, you know, within stadiums, outside of stadiums. And they've managed to get, you know, so far away from where they were maybe 10 or 15 years ago because they just literally walk around with the big CCTV cameras. They record what people are doing and they find them at a later date. They have a database. You know, if people are singing these sorts of songs with a CCTV that you must have in the Premier League stadiums, you know, these people can be picked out. And until Simon's right, until we do something about that, then others might think it's right. The next generation's coming through might say, well, I go to football with my uncle or my auntie, whoever it might be. I hear these songs so I can go and sing it in the playground or, you know, when they go into society. We're not going to be able to stamp it out unless, you know, the police have to say it's, it's a criminal matter. They must deal with this. They must stamp down on this. It's for too long, people are saying, oh, you know, it's football, it happens. No, that's not acceptable mm. anymore because now it's affecting society, you know, as a whole. Uh, thank you, Simon. So Kyle Lafferty's situation ongoing. Derek McInnes does go back to Pataudry uh, tomorrow. I feel that's a great, that's a great story, that. And you've got, obviously, we know what's at stake, Hearts Rangers and Celtic Motherwell and everyone will be looking at Ryan Porteous when Hibs go up to... Uh, to Dingwall and St Mirren Stephen Robinson's frustrated today because one of his players hasn't come back in time or is a bit late coming back so there's a lot going into all of these games and here's what Derek McInnes had to say uh, ahead of that game tomorrow I love my time there you know I worked with a lot of uh, very good players had four second place finishes should have been five second place finishes if the referee does his job right in the last game of the season so there's a lot goes into that that's no we didn't do it with spending money we didn't do it with throwing big wages away we did it by sheer hard work a real togetherness and we did it by really good recruitment and hungry players we had a brilliant spirit we did that reinventing the squad time and time again to try and meet the demand so I think for, for Mass and the staff said it it was an enjoyable time because we worked with a lot of good players and we worked with a lot of good people but it was a collective effort and um, from that side of it, you know, for the vast majority of the time it was such an enjoyable time eight years in management is you're, you're not always going to get it easy you're not always going to be by the roses and there's ups and downs within that but by and large it was we feel as though it was a, a period where we can look back fondly but I certainly can um, 
working closely with the players and the people within the club. You deserve a, a good reaction, Kenny, from the Aberdeen fans tomorrow. Absolutely. I mean, again, he done a he done a wonderful job there. Again, it's eight, eight years, a long old time in management now, and he achieved he achieved a lot. He won he won trophies. He got to cup finals. Obviously, he finished second for a number of years. Firstly, when Rangers weren't in the league normally comfortably, and also when Rangers came back in the league, they also finished second, which was a, a big achievement as well. So he done a wonderful job mm-hmm. over the piece. And again, you had to he talked about reinventing the squad. I mean, when you're at a club that long there's going to be a lot of turnaround of players you're going to have to recruit really really well to replace guys you must even think of some of the players that moved on as well for this team again was it guys like McGann and Hayes and things who went to Celtic Ryan Christie and Shaney and McLean and Jack so many players that left uh, that team and he had to find guys to come in again it was maybe Lewis Ferguson's mm. coming through to replace that these types of midfielders but he done a wonderful job so absolutely when he goes back there I mean, I'm sure he will mm-hmm. I'm sure he will he never left on any bad terms I'm assuming yep, things, sometimes things just run its course and uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll give him a warm welcome when he gets back there and, and I know they say self-praise is no praise but do you know who did a wonderful job me to keep a straight face because I was in that press conference and see when he said and I mean we would have finished second another time if the ref had done his job properly <laughs> on behalf of every Motherwell fan who was at Pataudry that day in 2015 it took, it took a great effort for me just to, <laughs> just to just to not have a wee chuckle to myself at that one if you've ever if you've never seen John Sutton's assault on Jamie Langfield that goes unpunished and the ball ends up in the back and Etten Mother will finish second it's great Friday night viewing get on YouTube Aberdeen fans please look away uh, 01419511025 we are on Twitter as well um, right this teaser I like it can you name the last player to sign for either of the old firm permanently uh, from each of the London based teams in the English Football League so from Spurs it's Carter Vickers from Charlton it's Joe Aribo from Chelsea it's Yuri Yarisic. Um Kenny Miller has got all of them Marvin do you care to I think I've got two Chris Sutton from, from Chelsea oh Yarisic is Chelsea's oh <laughs> Carlton Cole this guy Carlton Cole I think somebody, it was just a was think, that just a loan or he's not on the list anyway yeah. so no. I think I've got his uh, O'Reilly FMK Donch does that count as a London club? No, he's he's, nah, he says he's counted Wimbledon FC as the alternative to AFC Wimbledon. So he's actually FC Wimbledon. Mm, he's done you. What's going on? He's done you there. Just making up as you go along. So, 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 so there's a Wimbledon player. So a Wimbledon player, you say? That? No, but uh, no. there is. No, there is. There is. For a while ago. Yes. Marcus Gale. Marcus Gale. There we are. Yeah, he's on the list. Where is Carlton Cole? Not on the list. How? Uh, I'm going to look him up. What about James McCarthy, Palace? No, hold on. This is the thing, Marvin. You are missing the point. There is another player from West Ham that signed for an old firm club after him, so it wouldn't be oh, him. Okay, I'm with you now. James <sighs> McCarthy from Palace. I'm glad one of you gets this right. We'll get the rest of the answers next. So hot in there. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Batley and Kenny Miller are here before we move on to the rest of the show just a quick one to mark your card if you can't get enough of Scottish football which is understandable because there's a lot going on uh, make out, make sure you check out our pals here Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron they've got their new podcast The Big Scottish Football Show with Cole Robert uh, various things going on there an SPFL review every Monday some good features in there and I love this they've actually put this down to me as if this this is supposed to be a selling point Marvin Bartley what do you make of this it says special guests like Celtic's Mark Wilson who needs to hear more from him and Ailey Barber it says oh, has, has, be, has been on the podcast so you've not even listened no of course I have 
And was it great? Was it yeah, good fantastic. Value? Absolutely so you fantastic. Would, so you, you would listen. I'd recommend it. To, I'm sure yeah. you would. You have to say that. Your dinner's at stake here. <laughs> um, available to download every week on all your usual podcast platforms. Uh, the Big Scottish Football Podcast. And that's brought to you by Cole Robert, the Diamond Cut Alloy Specialist. So thanks to the guys. Uh, therefore supporting that one right how are you two getting on with this teaser it's can you name the last player to sign for either of the old firm on permanent deals from each of the London clubs so like Spurs is Carter Vickers uh, Crystal Palace is James McCarthy Charlton is Joe Aribo so it's not that hard when you when you start to go through some of them Chelsea Yuri Yarisic then it gets a bit tougher Wimbledon is Marcus Gale um, any others during the break Marvin have you a Yeti from West Ham yes I'll be in a Yeti we barely get to know him but he's signed from West Ham well done uh, Terry Hurlock Millwall wow all the way back to Terry Hurlock in the oh, early Terry. 90s way well back done. way way back Dembele from him oh yeah. there you go Fulham, Fulham. yeah brilliant Musa Dembele oh, right. the 16-17 season Shut right um, two to get one absolutely doable I'd be disappointed in you if you didn't get it the other forget it we've got a night out to go to after the show and we'll never make it if I let you two try and get the other one but we'll see how we get on uh, before the end of the show uh, what else should we take a look at obviously we try and do a whistle stop tour of the fixtures on a Friday night and a bit of a preview no disrespect Marvin to your f- former club who hold a special place in your heart no disrespect to the good people of Dingwall for a so-called neutral audience or for a Glasgow in the West audience shall we say I think it's fair to say that Hibs games have had that little added bit of interest tomorrow and going forward to see how Ryan Porteous kicks on from his Scotland debut I feel like there's now going to be even more focus on him what did you make of it and and uh, how he performed the other night. Yeah, I thought his debut, I thought he was fantastic. Um, you know, I thought he was helped by Jack Henry next to him, who for me has been brilliant for uh, Scotland over this kind of week period. But I thought Ryan was, was brilliant. Um, I thought there was a lot of pressure on him, obviously going into the game, um, you know, making his debut. Was, you know, Kenny could tell us more about that than I can. Um, but I thought he handled it really, really well. You know, his last game for Hibs, obviously, he come to a bit of criticism for winning the penalty um, against Aberdeen. You know, Jim was quite outspoken in what he said. Um, in terms of Ryan and throwing himself down, so That's there's an understatement. That, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. So you know, he, he had you know kind of worries away from the pitch, but I thought he was brilliant. I really, really did. Um, I thought he, he played on the left hand side of you know of the two at the back mm. um, or two centre halves, which is difficult. You know, he's done it at times for Hibs because Paul Hannon's not been there. But I thought Ryan took it in the stride, and like you said, now people will be watching him because his fans won't like me saying it, but it's contrast up at the end of the season. Um, so he's kind of put himself into a market now where, where other teams, maybe in England, we're looking at him and you know maybe the rest of Europe because he's seen a lot of Scottish players you know, go further afield. Um, remind me what the overlap between you and him at Hibs wouldn't have been much, I guess, but did, is it, he would have been, was he a young player coming through? Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, so he trained with the first team and stuff. And did you, um, yeah, and he was it's, it's the old cliched question, you know what's coming, did, did you think then he would you know, go on and, and be such an impressive Scotland debutant? No, I, I didn't, if I'm honest. Um, you know, Ryan kind of wears his heart on his sleeve as you see in the matches, he does that in training as well. Um, and at times it was kind of mistimed tackles in training. But he's a young boy coming through, he's a centre-half, he's kind of learning his trade and for me, he's maturing. You know, week by week, he's maturing. 
Um, and again, that's the most mature performance I've seen from him was in the Scotland jersey. And I think he can build from that. You know, I think he'll look back at it. He does watch all his games back. He'll look back at that. You see the way he played. He didn't get involved in anything. You know, the strikers didn't try and win the strikers up. He didn't get involved in anything, you know, away from being actually kind of on the ball. And for me, it's fantastic. And that's what he needs to do going forward. Because if Ryan does that, concentrates on defending, concentrates on his passing when he's coming out, for me, he can go mm. on to be a top, top defender. Is it now about a real finding that real consistency starting at Dingwall tomorrow uh, very different surroundings very different challenge Kenny there's a school of thought there which is if you can handle the Ukraine forward line you can handle Ross Counties but football doesn't always work like that it doesn't always work like that sometimes you've not got the quality next to you as well or in front of you that, that obviously help uh, dealing with the situation but Mars right he was absolutely excellent uh, there was a lot of questions getting asked of him how he, how he would perform could he keep a level head is he going to get involved in something stupid that we've seen a lot of times in the in, in the domestic league but he never he put on a really mature performance uh, he is a really good player I've liked him for a long time I've said numerous times if he was just focused on the job at hand and doing his job really well and he's capable of doing that he's a really good centre-back he's a really good ball-playing centre-back as well his passing's really, really good again, the fact that he was at, playing on the left as well shows that it's not natural for him to be on that side but I'll tell you it, it was absolutely mm. excellent in the game so yeah it starts I mean he's, he's been pretty consistent to be yeah. honest over I mean he's consist- consistently been involved in situations as well <laughs> over his time as a, as a Hibs first team player but he's a wonderful player and if he can use that and show that maturity that he mm-hmm. showed on, on Tuesday night in his performances at Hibs then there's no doubt I mean Hibs are going to do really really well even if he signs a new contract to be honest somebody yeah. could come and get him next summer Great car tomorrow Dundee United St Johnson it's the start of the permanent the official Liam Fox era if you like in charge I was up there speaking to him the other day he was asking for you Marvin Bartley uh, and then your game tomorrow St Mirren Livy what about the, does this change your your scouting plan Stephen Robinson's been on uh, the flight radar app all week <laughs> because Keanu Bacchus and Ryan Strain played in the same double header as Alex Grieve they came back on Wednesday uh, he, but Alex Grieve I don't know where he's been he's, he didn't play since last Sunday and he's only just back and it's thrown Stephen Robinson's plans into chaos does that matter does, does that impact Livy's plans no I, I didn't expect him to start anyway you know the two centre forwards they've got playing at the moment have, have been fantastic for them um, you know they've been pivotal to everything St Mirren have done I think St Mirren struggled at the start but they've gone from strength to strength especially with those two playing up front together but it must be frustrating for a manager as you said you know two of his players who played against him are back and he all of a sudden he's not back and it makes it hard and I wonder if he'll even be in the squad tomorrow you know he's a very very good talented footballer but you can't do that right you've got two more to get on this teaser then I don't mind giving it away to you or a bit of a clue we're looking for the last player to come up to the old firm on a permanent deal from QPR and one from Arsenal I hope you've got them because we are out of time Clint Hill yeah, I was going to say if you didn't yep. get that one former teammate of yours Fantastic. Clint Hill from QPR now I did say yeah, there's a bit of a I don't know if I keep this in the doubt there's a bit of a Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard night out about to take place yeah. here you need to get this we they've, left, they've left that right to the end to get that out I'm toiling I'll be honest we need to get Arsenal, Arsenal. we need a clue yeah, I, I think you'll struggle what position? Um, I don't even know who he is, he was, yeah, no, forget it well I think I, sort I of think. winger attacker to, listen but before my time he played for Celtic in the early 90s seven times initial MH MH. Also played for, well, obviously Arsenal, for Swansea. I'm out. There's I'm no, out. Marvin, there is no chance. Yeah, uh, you might out. be my only hope here. No. Mar- I'm tapped out. Martin Hayes. Nah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hayes, is that? Nah, I don't know. 
Anyway, uh, thank you, Marvin Bartley and Kenny Miller. We are back tomorrow, a six-hour special. You won't want to miss that. From noon, building up to Hearts Rangers, then the rest of the games, then your calls on the open line. It is all happening. The usual suspects in the studio. And GBX Anthem's up next. <laughs>